0: Welcome to Fun, Faith, and Fuckery, the show that brings more play, pray, and slay into your day. I'm your host, Nikki Bailey. I'm a performer, a writer, an Emmy-nominated producer, and I have a Master of Divinity degree, and now I do this. Aha! So um, I went to school for to be clergy, and I'm really excited about the show today because my guest is a writer, a witch, and a soul stitcher, and I cannot wait for her to tell you what all that means, Rawia Tariq. But before we talk to Rawia about what all that means, I wanna tell you about how you can be more involved in the show and help make Fun, Faith, and Fuckery a success. So the first thing you can do is share with your friends. Tell everybody you know. Tell everybody, shout it from the rooftops. Everybody listen to Fun, Faith, and Fuckery. Ah. That's what I need you to do. I need you to share with your friends, post about it, talk about it, get other people to listen to it or watch it. Second, you can like, comment, follow, or review the show. So wherever it is that you're either watching it, if you're watching it on Facebook or YouTube, you can actually comment right now in real time and I can see your comments and you can be part of the conversation. Um, Also, If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts, you can leave a review, you can leave a five-star rating, you can give us a thumbs up. All those things help to make the show more successful. Finally, Making the show is a labor of love, and it does cost a little money. So if you can support the show financially, that would be amazing. And there are a few ways you can do that. One is you can go over to Patreon and become a Patreon member, and you'll also have access to behind-the-scenes content and special features that I do just for my Patreon followers. Or if you want to make a one-time donation, you can do that through my Venmo at nikki bailey Two because apparently there was somebody else who took my name before I got to it. So you can check out my website at NikkiBaileyComedy.com for more information on how to support the show. And let's get started. So I had a really interesting week, and I'll tell you what happened. Um, First, I threw my back out last week, which means I've been in pain since last week. I don't know if you've thrown your back out, but when I tell you that it's not cute, it's not cute okay it is not fun nobody likes it it's just rude frankly I'm just gonna say it's rude and 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 just just wrong that your body could decide that you know what it just doesn't want to do what you want it to do and that it's fine with it and it's and it just it just it just stops working the way you expect it to work and that's fine I love my body she takes good care of me when she's not inflicting horrible pain upon me. Okay. I'm going to talk to Ruia about that when she, when she comes on because she's got wisdom in this area. So, the other cool thing though, I have to say a really cool thing that happened this week is that my best friend since high school, Casey, came to LA to visit me and it was an amazingly wonderful two days of getting to see him. Um, we have been friends since we were 14 years old and that is 34 years, old years, so do the math to figure out how old I am. I just gave you all the numbers you need. It's not algebra people, um, but 34 year friendship and, and it was just like, we picked up where we left off. Like, you know, those friends that when you see them, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you saw them the last time, you can just fall right back into the way that you are with each other, the love that you have for each other. And that's what it was. It was so great to get to hang out with my friend Casey. He got to meet my partner. I got to take him to a couple of my favorite restaurants and we just had a great time. So. I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for getting to spend quality time with my friend. And we had this really crazy thing happen while we were out for dinner. This woman came up to us and she was drunk. She was obviously drunk and she told us that she was drunk, but she told us that she was a medium, that she was a a medium and she's able to communicate with dead people. And she said, there's a woman standing by your table who, um, wants you to know that you are protected, that you are taken care of, that um, that you don't have to worry about things because, because you have people around you taking care of you and helping you. And it was such a nice moment because Casey and I looked at each other and we were both like, it's my mom. It's gotta be my mom, right? My mom passed away 16 years ago. And anytime I go to talk to a medium or I go to have like any kind of readings or ancestral readings or anything like that, my ancestors are very loud. They do not screw around. They show up and they show up hard. So if you have any like mediumship gifts and you're around me, my ancestors are likely to like, you know, flick you on the forehead and say something to get your attention um, so that they can give you a message for me. But it was a really cool, like serendipitous moment. And and since then, Casey has had a bunch of really cool serendipitous moments. And and we've just been, it was just like magic. You know, when you reconnect with someone who knows you, really, really knows you and loves you, and you get to sort of marinate in the love of like a 34-year-old friendship. Magical things happen. Magic comes from that because that is what magic is, right? That love and magic are one and the same as far as I'm concerned. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because it was a really lovely experience. It was a really fun couple of days. And yeah, I went out on a school night, two nights in a row and I survived. I could do it. I'm not that old. I know you did the math by now. I know you figured it out that I'm whatever age I am. But I'm not so old that I can't enjoy hanging out with a friend on a weekday night. You know what I'm saying? I can do that. I'm grown. My guest today is Rawia Tariq. uh, They are a gender non-binary artist and kink-aware professional with roots in queer, polyamorous, fat community. Their tone is reflective of these roots and their work is informed by how these intersect with their blackness. Magic, massage, storytelling, and performance art are tools that they use to liberate, heal, and reclaim space for marginalized community. They believe in cohesive and somatic practices that align body, mind, and spirit. They are the force behind the blog Mammy is Dead. And you can also catch them as a feature in film, the film Fatitude and Heavenly Brown Body, uh, both of which I highly recommend. Currently, Ruia is living in the Bay Area while continuing work on their book, and a sovereign embodiment, as well as providing care to Black queer and trans therapists via Project Etsy, I should have asked for a pronunciation, Project Etsen with Ella Ofori and launching a Black-centered podcast called My Black Body Podcast with Jessica Wilson. Please help me welcome my guest, Ruia Tariq. Hi, Roia. Hi. It's nice to see you. It's so good to see you. In the daytime. In the day, I know. So um, let me me set up how we met. So Mm -hmm. I actually don't even know how we met. I just know we met on Facebook. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe through
1: some kind of like. Something awesome probably happened. Some awesome person we probably had in common. And then we ran across each other and you posted one day that you
0: were interested in writing like putting together a writing group that wanted to write late at night and i was like um sign me up so you started this amazing writers group called insomniacs inc where some of us get together on friday nights and we write we just co-work and Mm -hmm. write together Mm -hmm. um so you are that kind of person, though. You are a community gatherer. You're a community builder. Have you always been that kind of person, someone who who
1: who brings people together? No. Like, literally, I'm the type of person who would play, like, multi-mass- multi-massive online games um, and corpse-drag my way through missions. Like, I didn't want to work on a team. Like. I'll die and then I'll res closer to my target. And then I'll just keep doing that, I corpse track. So it, it took me a while for me to, what happened is people were like, oh, we see you making moves. We see you saying like this needs to change and then being part of that change, whether or not anyone is coming with you. Um, so then people started to be like, "Let's let's connect, let's do stuff together. And so then I started to become a community connector i was just like shit's twisted and i got to get it untwisted the best way that i can um and yeah and i ended up meeting people along the way who are like yeah you're right let's i love you my whole motto was i love you let's fuck shit up so oh (laughs) love that i love you let's fuck shit up so speaking of fucking shit up
0: which f do you want to talk about fun faith or fuckery Let's talk about let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith. Faith, the faith, the all right. We, we sorry, I had a little George Michael moment. Yeah, happening Bless, <laughs> yes. So, so tell me about your faith journey. Tell me, first of all, did you grow up in a religious or, or spiritual setting?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic, so we were like. It was like Roman Catholic on the Sundays when something was coming out at the movies and then like Southern Baptist when there wasn't anything my mother was looking forward to seeing at the movie theater. Um, but like we were baptized Roman Catholic because the best, well, the ideology at that time, which we know is not uh, the same is that, you know, the, the 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 Catholic schools, the private schools, which in New Orleans, a lot of private schools were Catholic schools um were better institutions of learning so i was baptized so that i could go to these schools oh wow you had to get baptized to go to catholic school well it gives you a discount it's in the parish shut up yeah 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 <laughs> So, you know orleans parish i went to saint anthony of pottawa magnet school of technology um i went there for years um i graduated went to an all girl traditionally segregated um which meant my school was all black uh, catholic school uh xavier university preparatory and then i went to dillard university uh, which is also another um christian school i think it's um protestant
0: so on this whole journey through all this christian education Were you, you said you you went, you were going to church when your mom didn't have a movie that she wanted to see. Uh So did you grow, which one did you go to more and which one do you think influenced you the most?
1: The Roman Catholic one I went to more. Yeah. Um, I believe that the Roman Catholic one influenced me more in my younger years. But then, uh, but gospel music was always a thing. So it was very confusing for me when I'm like I'm a witch, but I love this gospel music, and then I realized that gospel music was like trapping for Jesus, like, <laughs> there's <laughs> like it is, like it is, like you can't, like you listen to gospel music and you be like, ah, you, you know what, you know background you have, you're like gospel music, that's the shit right there, um, so. Uh, but yeah, it was it was Catholicism um, and Roman Catholicism in particular um, that I was most influenced by and um, and in that there was a whole thing about sin and original sin. like I wanted to be an exorcist actually when I was a child and they said, really? right, yeah and they said, you can't be an exorcist because you're not a priest. And I was like, okay, I'll become a priest and they're like, you can't be a priest because you are a woman. so you can be a nun though and I'm like, but the nuns are badass. Like, the history of nuns is fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I you can't tell me none They're a bunch of lesbians with, like, a lot of time for libraries and gardening and actually attending to the people's needs. Like, right. nuns are actually out there in the Doing the work. Doing the work. Doing the fucking work. And they refuse to condemn um, homosexuality and abortions. And so, like, the Vatican is actually like, yo, fuck these nuns. We got to get them under control, and nuns are like, "No, actually, fuck you." So, like, there's a whole thing happening with between nuns and the Vatican right now. That's been happening for the past few decades. But anyway, so I didn't want to be a nun. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then in my school, we were told that we couldn't uh, women couldn't be altar servers. So then I became an altar server just because they told me I couldn't. Um, I went all the way. I went all the way to the top of the parish and I was like, this is sexist. So then once I became an altar server in like sixth grade, then I was like kind of stuck in it. Um, but I will say growing up, Roman Catholic had me thinking I was gonna go to hell constantly. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was really terrible. Like it's it's very much, you weren't encouraged to read the Bible. You had a missalette, the same homily, like everything was centered on the death and the sacrifice, not on resurrection. Mm-hmm. Really, um, as a as someone who was assigned female at birth, I felt dirty. The only representation I saw of a darker skin person in my church was um the devil being slain by um Archangel Michael. Wow. Yeah. So that that was that, and that was he was brown skin. that was the only only, he wasn't like on a state what is it like on a stained glass window or was it it a statuary it was a statuary it was where the candles were so so i never felt seen like there was this blonde hair blue-eyed jesus you know i I never felt seen i always felt like i was in danger and peril um but through catechism like what we learned was that mary was there for us and um, and I began having a real affinity to the Virgin Mother, this image of compassion and um, empathy, and like, and then I had already had the ritual from being Roman, Roman Catholic. Ritual a huge thing. Absolutely. Yeah, so it made me like I was ready. I was I was in my best pagan form ever. But and then I found like a lot of the uh, religious holidays coincided with the pagan ones, which is no coincidence. Like it was they mesh them up so that people would be more likely to convert to um christianity right so i was like shit down um and so when, did you, when did you
0: become when did you get into being a witch like like how did you go from good little catholic girl to
1: i'm a witch um it was. There was a few things that happened. Um, a ball got lobbed at my head when I was in like sixth grade, and I I went flying, and then I landed on the on the asphalt, the blacktop, and I was like staring up at the sky, and I had a very lucid moment, and it was I believe the sky is blue because someone told me that that's what the color blue is, See? and I was like, what if I believe things are things because only because I was told, and so then. You know, I'm starting to question everything, and I think I'm like, I was 13 in high school, so I was like, what 11 or something like that. I was never too good at math, but like, but, but I'm like, what am I? What do I believe that I only believe because someone told me? And then I started to read the Bible on my own, and found out that Jesus was a G, and I would totally fuck him, and he was hella political. Like, I would have hella been on Jesus's dick, like he was really here for like equality and women and he was like fuck your capitalism and i was like all these messages from this teacher got turned around and then i started studying other teachers and then i thought how fucking awful it would be if someone went to i i knew about god in a certain way because i was raised where i was raised what if i was raised in another country would they never heard about god they're gonna go to hell i was right. like there's too many good people in this world that would be going to hell. I don't believe God rolls like that. And then I read the Old Testament and I was like, God's a dick. <laughs>
0: like, like, like. I, I actually got in trouble in seminary because we were talking about the book of Job and I was like, God's kind of an asshole
1: in that book. <laughs> That's kind of an asshole in that book, and not just that book. So many other books where he's like, "Bring me their foreskins, like cut off all their dicks, and like and like bring them to me." Like God was like, "Love, God is love, isn't jealous?" But he was like hella jealous. Like so, I'm like, mm, I think I think some shit got twisted either by man or by God or whatever. But anyway, I'm just gonna go like figure shit out on my own. And i think i was living in colorado springs where i had this habit of i'm building a grimoire i know you're going to hell so throw it away so i'm a witch no you're not i'm a witch no i'm not and then one day i was like i'm gonna go get baptized in a baptist church so oh. i did the whole thing the um the pastor he like has me he dips me under the water and when he dips me under the water i hear a voice as clear as a bell go through my entire body and say child seek me in your own way Ooh. and and he pulled me up and then he looked at me and his face was like he looked like he was in awe and terror and he was like i felt something move through you he's like i felt the spirit of god move through you and this is in front of like the entire congregation he's just staring at me because he felt he felt what he, what i heard moved through me it felt moved through me because we were connected and in, in the water in that moment he felt it too and he yeah. was he was like you want to do great works child and i was like thank you and i dried off and i walked out of that church and never walked back wow so when did you discover
0: did now did you come to to do you use the word witchcraft yeah did, now, when did you discover witchcraft and how did you how did you come to it? Did Was it like through the sacred feminine? Did you? No, like,
1: no, like, it, was, like, it was much more morbid than that. Um, oh, I love a good morbid story. It's was, it was really morbid and sad. We had discovered, uh, well, not we had discovered, we were in school, of course, you get history classes. And so they were like, the Spanish Inquisition happened. And I was like, oh, okay, what's the Spanish Inquisition? So nobody really, really wants to talk about the fucked up things the Catholic Church did. So, you know, but I'm like, I can read books. So I read some books, and then I found out about torture. And then I found out, and I was like obsessed with torture. I was like, people do this to each other? This can't be real. So I was obsessed with torture. I should have also then picked up that maybe I was kinky, but I didn't figure that out until years later. So I was like, what the fuck is this? So like I just kept reading and then i found out oh they were torturing people and calling them witches and so i was like what is a witch and so i was going through all of that and then through that i learned that witches were medicine basically medicine women like they delivered babies they knew how the plants work and how to use that medicine and cultivate that medicine and heal other people's bodies they were root workers like they worked in conjunction with the land and with energy they did holistic healing like, and so I wanted to be that. It was like, oh, that's me.
0: This is what I want. So you identified with these torture
1: victims. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, elementary school was particularly brutal. So yeah, I totally identified with the torture victims. So
0: what kind of witchcraft do you practice? What, what sort of tradition do you... Do you follow a particular tradition? Do you draw from multiple? And can you tell us a little bit about some of the traditions for people who may not know? If you
1: if you know, um, I I was trained for the past five years in a tradition called Anderson Ferry, um, but my tradition is a blend of. It's so odd. I try to explain. I can't really. There's there's root working, which means we, I work with roots, literally with herbs and plants. Um, and then there's, um, I, I feel like I'm being connected by, by source. I feel like I'm working or listening to source. I feel like I'm channeling from source. I have an ancestor practice. I work with my ancestors and those that have passed on. Um, um, I work on healing the ancestral trauma, the epigenetics of that trauma that is passed down to us by what we have gone through. Um, I don't really do ATRs, which is African traditional religions, because I haven't been initiated in any of them, but I'm from New Orleans, so the root working is, like, natural to me. Like, that passed through the diaspora. Um, But as far as the religious part of it, no, I don't, I don't do, I have been so personally harmed by so much of the religious part of it, but... I'm no less spiritual. I'm very spiritual. My spirituality is centered in my life and my faith is what keeps me going. My faith is what keeps me wanting to do healing work and keeps my keeps me wanting to be the best person I can be and pull up as many people as I can with me.
0: That, I think, is what all faiths should be, tell, should be uh, mm-hmm. teaching us. That's what we should be getting from all of our faith traditions, from all of our mm-hmm. faith paths. So tell me about your spiritual practices. What are some of the things that you do as a witch, as a conjurer, as a root worker? What are some practices that, that you, you know, because I want to give you, just to give you a little heads up about my listeners may or may not know something about witchcraft. They may or may not know about, about, uh, you know, paganism and the, and all that stuff. So you might have to give us a little more, context
1: for oof I understand I, I understand it's hard when you do something every day like for me magic is in every single thing so like when I when I get up I greet the world I um I say thank you to the ancestors that have are the reason why I'm here um I give thanks to like the earth that I am on that I get to be here at the same time, honor the people whose this land was taken away from, right? Mm-hmm. um I give glory to the unseen, the thing, like because I don't, I don't know God's name, like I give glory to the unseen and 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 thankfulness for any of my spirits or guides or ancestors that like woke me up today. So it's like it's like the same kind of shit with a different twist. It was a different just yeah going so like. I know that sometimes when I'm feeling bad, like I, I pray, my rituals are prayer. Um, if I'm lighting a candle, it is it is the same as a petition, you know, like when I do, when I need to cleanse myself because I feel like I have too much negative energy or too much things happening in a bad way, I take spiritual baths by combining herbs and, and milks or, or salt or sage or something, you know, and I mix it all together and I give myself a bath with it. Um, I do check-ins with myself to make sure that I'm aligned, that I'm working for my higher good and the higher good of those around me. Um, Yeah, so like it's, so much of my stuff is the same. I have songs that I sing. Um, Sometimes I still sing gospel songs, like um, Down to the River to Pray, is, is an excellent song as someone who works with water and who's a witch going yeah. down to the river water spirit moves across the water like yeah. so yeah there's just i'm trying to think of specific things but so when you pray huh? to whom or what are you praying oh that's a good question i don't know i can't say i believe that I am praying to. I do. This is where it gets like I'm probably gonna sound real out the box, but I don't care. I really believe we are all. I'm gonna just say it. I think that like God seriously got bored one day and like had major FOMO and was like, I wanna know what everything is. And so God split themselves. On the prism of time and space and we all became little pieces of God that forgot ourselves mmm that's deep and so we spend all our lives our spiritual journeys trying to get back trying to get whole and that reflects on the wholeness that we keep trying to find within ourselves individually and we trying to find that wholeness also cosmically so when I'm praying I'm praying to the God that is within me and I'm praying to the God that is without me, right? That is outside of me. I'm praying to the God that is within you. I'm praying to the God that is also within some of the people that I fucking hate because we are God, but we have forgotten ourselves. Yeah. And that's why we hurt ourselves and hurt each other and why we um why we keep trying to take from each other and, and then feel like we're above each other, but we're, we're not. Like, I feel like trash men should be paid as much, if not more than doctors. Like, so yeah, so when I pray, I'm praying to the God that is inside of me, the God that, you know, the and the God that has forgotten that they were God.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's, so that's basically my spiritual belief, right? <laughs> like, in a, as small as a compact nutshell, you know, that I could make it. Um, we
0: got a comment we got a comment from someone who said, um, this is actually my God sister. Many use higher power when, which means, um, someone or something greater than you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So like, you know, I, for me, I don't, I use God. I use God. Sometimes I use goddess. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also, when I pray, I'm praying to ancestors, spirits, guides, muses, Mm-hmm. um spirit animal like i'm praying to the whole yeah thing. so the whole yeah 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 and 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 because i i think of spirit as more than just what i was taught in church spirit is all that is all oh, all that is yeah god encompasses all that is and so i think it's really interesting that um you know i think i think people would be surprised to hear a witch, because I think people have the idea that a witch is, you know, a Halloween costume, mm-hmm. or or a witch is a demonic, you know, yes. like, whatever. What what's the what would you want people to know that isn't true, or what what stereotype about witches and witchcrafts would you want people to sort of be like, throw that away? That's that's
1: that's BS. Um, I would like. I, I would like people to know that um that we, when i say like witches we're, we're witches and christians and people in different religions were all the same i real I, I really truly fucking mean it we're we're all the same like when we talk long enough and get to the core of what we're coming for where we're coming from we're all trying to go many roads to the same place um also just like there are witches who are like, just like there are Christians who are like, I go to church every Sunday, but I'm sleeping with so-and-so's cousin over here. They got witches that are doing the same shit. Like that spiritual bypassing, whether you're a witch or whether you're a Christian happens. Like, and also just to quickly address the higher power thing, I wanna say it's so weird for me because it's like, yeah, some people do use, you know, talk to a higher power, but it's kind of weird for me because I don't, I'm like, I do believe in a higher power and at the same time I don't. Like, I believe we are, when we're in sync and we're connected with all of it, we exist as we are part of the higher power. So I'll, all of it is like, that's why you gotta treat all of it with respect. That's why you even gotta honor an animal that you kill to eat. That's why you bless your food. Like, cause a sacrifice was made for you and that sacrifice was God and God's love. So like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, kind of. I believe in a higher power, but at the same time, like, we are all that higher power. So it's kind of like I don't like I believe in
0: us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 actually when you think about theologically, when you think about it, um, we're we're sort of raised to believe if you were, if you were brought up Christian, and I was raised in a Baptist church, I was raised to believe that there is God and God is, God is out there. Mm -hmm. But that the Holy Spirit is in is in here and the Holy Spirit and God are the same but different And it's like it's a weird thing to try to sort of like creates a lot of cognitive dissonance Yes But but I also think that it's really common for all of us to believe that God is in us God is God in God God in us God as us God through us right
1: Yes Yeah. (laughs) Yeah That exactly we are each other's we also serve as each other's spirits and guides when when i get some messaging for someone or they have messaging for me sometimes it's god talking to them through me my channeling and divination work is just me becoming a vessel for like is and i, and I don't go into a channeling or divination work like i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna pull shit out of the sky and tell you it's like no we're having a conversation you tell me what's up so i know where to focus tell tell us what a what a what a channeling or a divination is um so i do the tarot cards um i are oracle cards um it's like a deck of cards i sometimes also use a book um and so what i'll have people do is concentrate on what their question is we'll talk about it and but before we do any pulling of the cards to read or decipher or interpret the symbols of um, we have to, for me in my practice, we have to make sure we get the right question, because a lot of people ask their questions in fear. They pray out of fear, and we don't want to pray out of fear or ask questions out of fear. We wanna, we wanna like ask questions with um with like solution or ask questions with hope or have questions with faith. So like, I'm gonna I'm gonna press pause
0: because I want you to you have to take we're gonna take it even more basic for people. before we get to the question thing because there are people who don't who may not know what channeling and what a divination is oh okay and so can you explain what a divination is like in the first place like what are you doing in a divination or who are you communicating with what is happening for you okay Wow. I realize I haven't had to think of it at this level in a long time
1: before. But right?
0: And that's that's <laughs> one of the, it's one of the reasons that I wanted you to come on, because like because a lot of who I've talked to on the show so far have been people who are in Christian faiths. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my viewers and listeners are also people who are questioning and seeking and interested in like exploring lots of different other faith traditions and, and other ways of spirit being spiritual, but they not have the language for it. Mm -hmm. So, so Mm -hmm. the language we have to define terms for folks in case they don't know what the, what the terms are.
1: Oh my God, you're an amazing host. Okay. Yeah. So tell us what, what, what is a divination? A, A divination is using a tool. And it can be um, stones, it can be um, symbols, it can be cards. Um, And the point of a divination is to when you have a question or a concern, and you just have a lot of like lack of clarity around which way to go or what to do or what's going on. uh, We use these tools to divine, which means find out, get answers to get clarity about what the situation is. So that's what a divination is. It's it is a tool, it is a it's a tool that is used to help one gain clarity on a matter. And then what does it mean to channel? So when you channel, it's like um imagine if Okay. When you channel, you know how sometimes when people catch a spirit in church Mm -hmm. and sometimes they get up and they start talking and they spew in wisdom or knowledge, but it may not necessarily be knowledge or wisdom they have from their own life.
0: Right. We call that that in Christianity. We might call that the gift of prophecy.
1: That is channeling. Yep. That is channeling. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you are channeling and
0: divining for someone, you said that you, use, you often use tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said for you, it's really important to get the question right.
1: Yeah. So tell, tell us about the, the, why that's so important. It's so important because what we think about and what we concentrate on, we're going to be pulling towards us. It's kind of like if you're walking down the street and you look at a certain point, You'll end up at that point, even if you meant to end up somewhere different. Like, it's just what you're looking at, you're 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 drawing yourself towards. So, if I if we want to find clarity for an answer that's productive, I want us to focus on what would be productive. Ask a question. Don't like for me. It's like, am I going to lose my? When someone's like, am I going to get fired from my job? My next question is do you even like that job? And I'd be like, no, not really. I'm like, so why don't we talk about what it would take for you to find a job that you liked? Right. That's a more positive outcome. So
0: stated question. Yeah. Than am I going to get fired?
1: Yeah. More solution oriented, um, and more more open, open ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So instead of praying, don't get me the please I don't want to be fired. You're praying for please let me get hired at a place that I love. Different energy. Totally different energy. One of the critiques that I've
0: heard non-Christians have of Christianity is that it is very is the idea that it's very fear-based. Is that something that you think or or that you see in in or or even remember from your experience
1: of Christianity? I remember growing up Catholic, it was definitely fear-based. What outside of when I moved into doing working more uh, or when I went to the Baptist church, there was definitely joy there, but there was a fear of, there was a fear more of how the community saw you. Yeah. There there was a different place where the fear came in. The fear was like what the community thought of you, whether you were proper enough for the community. Like, um, you know, like what is said about your family if you decided to be a certain way. So I didn't I didn't feel the fear of my soul going to hell um, the times that I went to a Baptist church. But I did feel as if I needed to definitely behave a certain way and I was afraid for any repercussions of not towing that line. It yeah. was considered um, morally correct or decent behavior, what it meant not only for me, but for the people around me. I also did not like um, how I saw men treat women in either places, um, where I felt like uh, I felt completely disempowered um, as someone who was born a woman um, in these religious spaces. So, yeah, Roman, Roman Catholicism. Oh yeah, it was it was all about all about fear, all, all about, about fear. fear. Yeah but in, uh, when I, in, in Baptist and other traditions, uh, I was my, my boyfriend's mom was Protestant. It was like the most chill yet boring situation I've ever been to. Um, and yeah, and, and any, any, I have, I take issue with any spirituality, not the spirituality, but the religious tenet that tells you that if you are not out here prophesizing to other people, that you're going to go to, you're going to go to, you're going to go to hell if you don't harass other people. Yeah. I have a problem with that. I have a big problem with, with that. Like, yeah, cause that doesn't feel loving to me. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: call yourself a soul stitcher. What is, tell us what a soul stitcher is.
1: Um, a soul stitcher, like I, it talks about my work, all the, the different forms of work that I do is about, creating, um, helping people realize that they are a sovereign embodiment that I realized years ago that I didn't, I went on this spiritual journey, whatever, meditating, had this feeling, told my teacher, oh my God, I had this feeling. And my teacher was like, can you explain the feeling? And I tried to explain the feeling and I was stumbling over the words and she said, entitlement. And I was like, And when I realized that I have felt entitlement and I had never felt entitlement to my own body, I started to scream and my ancestors were screaming too, because along that line, we have lost the sense of what it meant to be entitled to our own flesh, being the descendants of enslaved people, being stolen from our land, living here under constant systematic oppression, like having a glass ceiling, like walking the minefield constantly, I forgot what it meant to be entitled to my own flesh. And so in that moment, I was like, oh my God, like what? Um, And that really solidified what I wanted to give to other people. I wanted them to see themselves as worthy, as lovable and not in that soft way, like I love myself, good vibes only. No, like love yourself in a way that you can draw hard boundaries and tell people no and like, there are people out here who were too afraid to tell people to pull up their masks over their nose. I'm like, bitch, you air fucking, it's life or death. Right. Like a sovereign embodiment, a person who is sovereign within themselves does not need to establish sovereignty over other people. And so that that's my goal with the soul stitching. With soul stitching is it's like holding a mirror for someone, but holding it compassionately so that they can decide what they want to do with what they see. Mm. That's beautiful. And assisting them in that process and cheerleading them on in that process. Cause it's not easy. Really knowing yourself in all of your parts is is not is not easy. It's brutal. Cause you, not only do you see the bad parts, but you, once you really see that you are like worthy. Oh wait, we talk about God's God X's love, but once you, but, sometimes people don't really believe they're worthy but when they believe they're worthy and when they see how like how divine they are and they honor the God within themselves they can't help but honor the God and other people mm. but, and then you move differently your life changes you stop fucking with certain people friendships blow up. you can't fuck with that job you can't fuck with that man you can't fuck with like your life implodes the village burns and then in its place comes something beautiful and sustainable and like yes, yeah, sovereign so I, I i assist people in stitching their souls finding their wholeness and becoming that sovereign self mm. that's some good shit right there mm-hmm.
0: so you're also a a writer mm-hmm. and you're you're working on a book yes Tell, do you want to talk about the book at
1: all? I will talk about the book because I need to get this bitch done, and I'm doing a lot of work on it this week. Um, the book is called "Mammy Is Dead: um, The uh, Evolution of a Queer, um, Fat, Black Femme," and it's 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 a book, but it's not a book. It's an unbook. It's 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 not going to be read chronologically. It is going to be read according to how you feel. There's an index that say. In the beginning that says how do you feel do you feel fucked up do you want to keep feeling fucked up read this shit it's depressing literally like that i is- love that are you feeling it's like a choose your anymore? own adventure memoir it's a choose your own adventure memoir it's got poetry prose recipes rituals um spells it has um instructions it has challenges it's it's an unbook it's meant to be read on paper um, it's meant to be scribbled in the edges of, it's meant to be experienced. Um, I had a journey and I wanna share that journey, but I'm like, if you wanna fucking come on a journey, come on a journey. It's written in the spirit of Lizzo. If I'm shining, everybody's gonna shine. So like- Yeah, yeah. you're gonna quote
0: St. Lizzo, we are gonna <laughs> have to, if I'm shining, everybody gonna shine.
1: I was born yeah. like, this. don't even, even gotta try. Yeah, exactly. that's a, yeah. So it's um it's a challenge, and also I'm writing it. I'm really, really though, realize that I'm also writing it for my younger self. Mm. Uh, because if I would have seen me when I was younger, I think I would have been able to be like, "Fuck all y'all." This might look like some shit right now, but trust me, thirty years from now, y'all get all suck a bag, like. <laughs> you know? and like it, And I I think I would be like, mission accomplished if some 15-year-old ends up with my book. And it's like, I'm going to shave my head and never wear panties again. Like. (laughs) (laughs) That's liberation right there. That is liberation. That
0: is a sovereign embodiment. So. Yes. I love it. So So you also perform. You're also a performer and you perform burlesque. Yeah. And you're a musician. Yes. So
1: tell us about how you got into burlesque. Um, Burlesque was a, burlesque was a swan dive. Um, Basically, I was like, I was terrified of, I could never really afford therapy. So my form of therapy was aversion therapy. So whatever I was afraid of, I would run headlong at it screaming um, because I was annoyed at being afraid of it. So I was terrified of people seeing me naked because I'm like, I'm so fat, I don't want anyone to see me naked. And then I did the um, vagina monologues one year and I played the moaner. Um, the director said, either you do the moaner or you do nothing. And I was like, fuck. So I did the moaner and it was great. And my friend was like, I actually go to this dungeon. You should come with me. And I was like, great. So you went to a dungeon and that was great. Wait,
0: um, press pause. Tell us what a dungeon is. Cause everybody's not going to know.
1: A dungeon is a um, is a like a club. It's a club. It's a club where people tie each other up and spank them, or pour hot wax on each other, or like stick each other with like needles. Not 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 drug needles, but like you know, just regular little like gauge needles and like. So it's a BDSM club. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. That type, kink. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so my, so my friend um took me to this place. It was great. I kept going back. Um, and then I joined this group of black kingsters. And someone said, "How do you handle being um a kingster, um and and being naked and in in spaces where the what's seen as beautiful is thin white bodies?" And so I, I wrote my response. And um, this person, a woman named Juicy Delight, was like, "I have a burlesque troupe. Come join." And so I was like, give me a month. I have to shift my calendar at work. And I shifted it, and I showed up. And she's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm like, bitch. You called me. You invited God. me. You invited me, bitch. And our relationship was that way ever since. Um, <laughs> I started doing burlesque, and I picked the name Magnolia Black, and the first burlesque show I was, I went to, I was in. And um, wow. so yeah, you I, had I, never
0: seen burlesque before? You just, you, you were the? Your first show that you ever went to, you were in. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I and I did it because I'm like I'm afraid of people I don't know seeing me naked, and they're gonna tell me I'm awful, and then that means that I could just cover up and never let anyone see me naked again. And then I went out there um, and I stripped, and um, people were like, "Ah, yeah!" Da, 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 da. And I stripped in a duet with another um, fat performer named Kitty Von Quim, and. Uh, and it was, it was beautiful, and then I've been doing it ever since. I took a break, and then the pandemic happened, but, like, I've been doing um, burlesque for, like, 11 years. Wow. Yeah. So in addition to...
0: So you do a lot of work around body positive, about, about being feeling good about your body, mm-hmm. feeling good in your body, loving your body. Um,
1: but I also know that you struggle with an eating disorder. I do. So I am, I'm 350 pounds and I am anorexic. And people wanna classify that as atypical anorexia because I don't show because I'm, I'm fat. Um, but I have a restrictive eating disorder. I'm, and I have a registered, I, I now have a registered, registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, I have a therapist who is an ED specialist who's black. All these people are black. It's important to get black care nice. because the eating disorder system is like definitely created by white men for white women, and it don't even help white women. Right. It don't. So because of my metabolic state, because I have PCOS, um, because of um, a tumor that I've had in my brain that was producing hormones, my body holds on to weight really well. So like, I don't look like I'm anorexic. It goes unnoticed. It went unnoticed for years and years and years. I'm dealing with severe osteoporosis in my back because my my body was eating itself. The cortisol levels from the starving myself were so high that, you know, that my back is now fucked up. Like I'm I'm 39 and my back is 79. Like um, right now I'm, I'm having a moment where I'm having difficulty eating and what that looked like was like I didn't even realize I was not eating enough until I was having stomach cramps so severe that I'm screaming for twenty minutes. Like mm. no one talks about how painful an eating disorder is. It you make it makes you think you have migraines. You're dizzy. You can't use your words. Um, um, headaches. Um, they were testing me for vertigo. Like all these things were. I lost my vision because my blood sugar got high because I wasn't eating. Wow. Like. And, and, and when I went into the ER last year, I almost died twice. Last year, the, uh, the first time I almost died last year was directly related to my eating disorder. I had dropped 50 pounds. I, was, I stopped eating. I was only drinking like water. I had dehydrated myself. Um, even though I was drinking a lot of water, I erased my electrolytes. Wow. By the time we got, I drove to the ER crying out of one eye. By the time we got there, my blood sugar was over 600. They mm. said I should have gone into a diabetic home and My heart should have stopped because I was depleted of electrolytes. Meanwhile, the nurse is telling me you can't eat how you want. You have to eat a certain kind of way. You can't eat junk food while giving me insulin shots, saying because you're diabetic. I didn't become diabetic until that moment. I was pre-diabetic, oh, wow. it diabetic. but because of my eating disorder, it fucked me up so bad. I was. I'm now classified as diabetic.
0: Wow. I'm um, starting sure to hear that.
1: Yeah. And and he and he was um, he was scolding me about eating too much when I was in there because I hadn't eaten. I had dropped fifty pounds. Wow! It just goes to show the the
0: the discrimination and the bias that people have Mm -hmm. against fat people, particularly in the medical industry. I actually Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor uh, recently because I threw my back out, and Mm -hmm. and had the experience of being the, the person thought that I was being doing drug seeking behavior because yeah. I asked for a particular kind of medication um but it's one of those things that are that is really um it's widespread that we're not talking about enough the bias that that people have against fat women and particularly fat women and black women mm-hmm.
1: when it comes to uh, medical you know the medical industry mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I've gotten to the point where I haven't even asked for pain meds because I know that's how they're, how I'm going to be treated. Yeah. Um, I've actually had um, my doctor, my uh, doctor, Dr. Radosevich, Dr. Rad, it's so fucking awesome. Dr. Rad is like, I'm just, I'm giving you these pain meds. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need like, I don't know, she's like, no, 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 We no. We've done this before. We've done this before, Raleah. I'm giving you the payments like i believe you like but it's but it's so hard to get those advocates that believe you and so now that i'm working with the galliani clinic um and i have all these people at my back i'm believed but i wouldn't physically be here if it wasn't for people my community raised sixteen thousand dollars sixteen thousand dollars six thousand dollars my brain is out of it my community raised was it six thousand? Was it more than that? I don't know, cause it went. The money went fast, but they raised they raised thousands of dollars for me to be able to get a, an out uh, of system therapist. I need a black therapist who work with queer people. They so I could get a registered dietitian, so I could get a PCOS specialist to work with. So I get the gadiani Clinic, who was going to pull everybody together because they face everything through eating disorders like because i the system wasn't taking care of me i was falling through the cracks there was no one who could like who was holding me my therapist was shit. like if it wasn't for my community raising money and two two people who took me in bertha and michelle who took me in that's like you're not dying like I, I would i wouldn't i wouldn't be here i wouldn't that's be here beautiful. for the kids yeah it's
0: beautiful that you have that community and that you have people who are in your corner so many people don't have the the benefit of that so i'm so grateful that
1: you do and that's why i'm loud about it that's why i'm loud about the eating disorder that's why i give information about like what i'm going through what it feels like that's why i'm saying because there's so many black um assigned female at birth people who have eating disorders that nobody catches Yeah, because our bodies are built a certain way and because we're used to a certain kind of thing and we're used to not getting help. So I can share my stories and I share my stories and I talk about them and I do fundraising for other people to get their needs met too. That's wonderful. You also have a podcast Mm -hmm.
0: called My Black Body. Yes. Tell us about how that came to be and what it
1: focuses on. Um, Through my eating disorder, Jessica Wilson um, and I um, had our practice together earlier on. And when my eating disorder kicked up, um, they would call me and we would talk. And then those talks turned into we need something to hold black people in the eating disorder situation because there's not a lot out there. Um, And we need to talk about our bodies and our stories and how. Uh, we love being black, but hate how people treat us because we are black. And, and how do we recover and restore? Where's the space for our joy? So we started My Black Body Podcast. You can find us at um, myblackbody.org. Um, and we're online and on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: yeah. You you broke up a little bit when you
1: said you can find us where? where oh, you where? can find us at um, myblackbody.org. And our podcast is on Spotify, Apple, Google pocket. Yeah. Wherever you find podcasts. And where can people
0: find you in particular, your website, your social needs?
1: Yeah. You can link Trini me on Tariq. Um, that'll li- give you links to everything, including project at the same, which is, which I, we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars. So black therapists can take a break. Um, nice but yeah you can find me there but it might be easiest to find me on instagram at at mammy is dead which is the best
0: instagram handle of anyone i ever have i've ever met (laughs) love it rowia thank you so much for joining me today you were a wonderful guest
1: thank you for having me thank you so much you're an amazing host you ask amazing questions thank you so much so um I'm gonna take you
0: off screen and then uh, say goodbye and thank you for joining us. Thank you, bye y'all. Bye. So that's all folks. Links to Rawia's uh, work will be in the show notes. You can watch this episode tonight um, as soon as tonight on Facebook and YouTube. You can watch or on Instagram live on Instagram TV tomorrow as well as listen to the podcast wherever it is you find podcasts tomorrow. If you want exclusive content, you can join me on Patreon. The link to become a Patreon member is on my website at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. And as usual, it's been a blast. Thank you to my guest, Rawia Tariq. Thank you all for joining me. And remember to get your pray, play, and slay on and sparkle as you go. See you next week.